This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is a highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting with our early episodes where we break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. On this week's podcast, we take a look at last weekend's Oz CryptoCon and give you a wrap-up there. We look at the recent Ethereum pump and talk about what potentially made that happen. We also look at the Poloniex hack, where though for $114 million, so that's huge. My name's Tracy, and I'm joined by my mates, Blake and Craig. Hey, guys, how are you going? Very well. Good start to the week. How about yourself, Trace? Yeah, good. Look, we're seeing each other back on the screen again in different states, but we were all together over the weekend for Oz CryptoCon in Melbourne and it was a it was a really great weekend, wasn't it? It was good to spend time with you guys in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that we're trouble when we're all together at the same time. Um, but we had a good weekend. Um, we had a good bonding session on the Saturday night. <laughs> And it was good. It was a good conference, actually. And Tracy, you—it was great. Absolutely nailed your Michael Saylor interview. Everyone was very impressed. Oh, how good was he? And you were the star of the show, I think. Oh, please, right. come on! For, I think what it was an auditorium of about fifteen hundred people. Trace, I tell you what, that shocked me. That was such a professional get-up, wasn't it? How cool mm. was it? I heard there was a line out the door. There was a line out the door. So if you didn't get in on mm. time, there was apparently a couple of hundred trying. There's plenty of people we spoke to later that couldn't get in. Couldn't get in. Yeah, and a lot of people to this day. Could you see everyone in the crowd, Trace, or was it sort of the lights were on you so you couldn't see? I could see I could see everyone in, in the crowd, but I was too busy focused on trying to hear because I think they were pumping out the sound to the auditorium, but I couldn't hear it back to me and I was – deeply enthralled about what he was saying and I was trying mm. desperately to listen because it was pure gold, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was an incredible interview. I learned a lot and really looked at things from a perspective that I hadn't considered before. So, mm. yeah, we're going to try and get the audio, ladies and gents, and repost that. Um, but we'll see how we go um, over the next week. Maybe for those who don't, don't know, we're talking about Michael Saylor, who is one of the biggest Bitcoin bulls kind of in our ecosystem. But he is the um, executive chairman and co-founder of MicroStrategy, which is a NASDAQ-listed business, Blake. And do you want to give us a tiny bit of insight into what they do as a business? Yeah, so MicroStrategy is a software firm, very large. They've been around for 30 years, I believe. Um, and they you know, were obviously concerned with the inflation rates in the US and their cash position being diluted by all the money that was printed throughout the last you know, several years. They saw Bitcoin as a way of hedging against this inflation. So they famously borrowed billions of dollars at 0% interest rate or 1.5% interest rate and purchased Bitcoins over the last three years. They're also putting their revenue into mm. Bitcoin um, or their profits into Bitcoin, and they're borrowing against the equity in their business to buy more Bitcoin. So these guys are basically functioning like a leveraged ETF. And Tracy asked Michael Saylor about that and he gave some fascinating insights about you know what that looks like at the moment and how that's going to look moving forward. Uh, and hopefully, yeah, we'll be able to share that with you guys um, next week. We'll see how we go. But just to give a bit more of an unpack on the Oz CryptoCon, like Blake, myself um, and Elliot from our team went along in, in um, Queensland last year. This one was pretty much double the size in Melbourne this year. And Dave and his team did a bang up job. It was really well run and uh, well executed. Uh, I, I myself, um, I didn't get around to as many uh talks as I would like to have, but I saw the end of um, Renee Francis from Take 3 in her marketing talk and I, I really enjoyed that. Got to Jordan from Happy Spender and I think, you know, one of the takeaways there was the real world case chat that she gave for for Bitcoin and crypto in general. But I thought uh, there was also the um, the pitch section that they had, the white lab section, that had some really cool ideas. That was an, un didn't, I don't think they had that last year, I thought, which was um, quite cool. And then ANZ was there. And I think a few people were talking about that in the, week, in the days leading up at the Blockies and, and what that was going to be like having a bank there this year. Um, so their presence was a little odd. But um, Yeah, Trace, another one to mention was Ben Simpson and the Collective Shift guys. Every one of their talks was packed, overflowing. And Ben, actually the best bit of alpha I got from Ben this weekend was he said, Everyone's worried about chasing the market. Like the big, biggest thing is to have a sell strategy mm. and let the market come to you. Yeah, you, you definitely needed that advice, Greg. <laughs> I needed that advice. Regardless, I am, after Sailor's talk, going big on Bitcoin now. I think everyone left that talk uh, thinking, everyone, oh, we don't have enough Bitcoin. We need more Bitcoin. So funny. Any other highlights for you, Blake, before we move on? Uh, I just thought it was really well run. Uh, it was obviously a, a B2C conference so lots of consumer and retail investors were attending it was great to go around and see all the stores there it's i think it took half an hour to walk around the okx pavilion uh, because <laughs> it was so big need to stop for a couple breaks of water just to get around it but nah it was um really engaging watched a few talks and had a great time yeah i do want to talk about okx actually i think that they're going to be big winners that's going to take over the ftx sponsorship hole that's been left they've got man city they've got f1 daniel ricardo and a few other aussies driving in there and the massive led screen showing all these partnerships 
um, I think they're very well placed to... I think it'll be between them and Crypto.com. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, let's see how that goes. Before we move on to the next story, though, we did attend the Blockies on the Thursday night. So a big hats off to uh, the Australian uh, blockchain um, industry and the community there at getting that uh, off the ground. And congratulations to everyone that did win an award on Thursday night. It was a great night. Moving on to our next story, everyone was in a great mood because ETH had a massive pump over the days leading into it. So everyone was in a great mood because the crypto prices have been pumping all year round. But ETH has been lagging. It's been stuck around that 1600 to 1800 range and hadn't really rallied like the other tokens. Obviously, Bitcoin is up 124% year-to-date. Solana is up a massive 398% year-to-date. But that all changed, like I said, last week. And that was potentially, boys, because of this BlackRock um, appearance of them potentially getting this spot um, ETH. Ethereum spot ETF off the ground, Blake. Yeah, that's right. BlackRock, which is one of the world's, or which is the world's largest asset manager, has reportedly started setting up an Ethereum ETF, uh, and this is evident because they've recently registered an iShares Ethereum trust, uh, and uh, the price, um, as a result, um, spiked uh, over the last week. The SEC has not approved the Bitcoin ETF, but. Uh, of course, if it does, then the next one off the rank is an Ethereum being the number two um, largest uh, asset um, by market cap. Now, I have a little bit of a theory with this. I think it's going to be a very popular ETF because dissimilar to Bitcoin, there's you know a 4.5% annual yield um, and what we'll start seeing are leveraged, ah. are leveraged mm. ETFs here um, of Ethereum. So people mm-hmm. could be getting... Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a nine percent yield per year. You know, off that, if it's if it's two times or if it's a three times leveraged ETF, uh, it could be more than that. So this is really interesting. And secondly, from that point, I believe that you know it'll take six to twelve months after a Bitcoin ETF for an Ethereum ETF to be approved. Okay, and this will attract t- tens of billions of dollars to the market. Uh, and this could basically sustain or or prolong the upcoming bull bull market. Um, Interesting. Yeah, because you're, mm. in order for the bull market to continue, um, we need the tens of billions of dollars coming into the, the ecosystem. So why does it need to be six months later? The ETF for um, Ethereum. I just suspect that it will that it will take that much time. We, how long have we been talking about the Bitcoin yeah, ETF? Yeah. A couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's right, Blake. And I think the market was very ready to pounce on this, just like the fake news from Cointelegraph a few weeks ago. Ethereum pumped 10% in one day, hit over two grand for the first time in seven months. I know I was stoked with that. Um, And I think, Blake, just to build on what you've just said, Bitcoin and Ethereum are seen as very similar asset classes in the US in terms of, you know, the reg- regulators, they're seen as commodities, hopefully. Um, but there was a rumor today, actually, that there was an XRP ETF being filed, which turns out was... I did see that. Which turns out was completely false. It, it went up and then went straight back down, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So if you listen to this, load up your CoinGecko and look at the price action on XRP. Big move up, big move down. Turns out it was a 0% change, but we love fake news here, don't we, in the crypto space? There you go. But look, I um, 
you know, as as we all know that um, Ethereum is one of the darlings here, and I think that's a really good take from Blake. Uh, I really like uh, what your thoughts are there on the extending the a blue one a little bit. So let's keep our eyes peeled for the Ethereum spot uh, ETF. Moving on to our next story. This one not as positive. So cryptocurrency exchange Poloniex has fallen victim to a major hack, leading to an estimated loss of around $114 million. So this one's pretty mega. Justin Sun, who is part owner, confirmed the exploit, adding that the exchange would reimburse impacted users and also offer a white hat bounty to the hacker behind the exploit. Craig, you want to fill us in a little bit further on this hack? So... The hack was initially flagged by a couple of top tier security firms in the blockchain space. Straight after it was flagged, Poloniex actually announced that their wallet was disabled for maintenance, quote unquote, air quotes, maintenance. So they stated that once the hot wallet had been re-enabled, that they actually had been hacked. So Justin Sun, who's the Tron founder, he's a big time investor in Poloniex, He's also a crypto whale. He said, we are currently investigating the Poloniex hack incident. Poloniex maintains a healthy financial position and will reimburse the affected funds. So it was the talk of the town on Twitter that, you know, these hacks are popping up again. But also the magnitude of how big this was. That's a huge amount of cash. Huge amount. They are also one of the OGs in the space. So it is a huge amount, but I suspect it isn't enough to damage their business. Like, what do you think about this? Why is this still happening in this day and age? Yeah, you know, um, it's very hard for these exchanges to maintain security with hot wallets. Now, hot wallets are the the least secure of all wallets. And exchanges need to hold a certain percentage of the total crypto that they hold in hot wallets so people can transfer their crypto off the exchange. So how it would work is that 95% or 98% of the crypto that on an exchange would be in a cold wallet, which means it's not connected to the internet, which makes it very, very challenging for hackers to steal. But of course, that's not very practical in a day-to-day sense um, when people want to remove their crypto and send it somewhere else or put it into cold storage themselves. And in that circumstance, it has to move through a hot wallet and uh, your hackers take advantage of this. Uh, and we've seen it on pretty much every exchange over over the years, um, from Deribit recently, which is an options exchange, and many others. So, yeah, I think security is still um, being improved in this area, um, but uh, I think at one point in time we'll we'll get to a position where uh, this doesn't happen. But for now, um, it's still a little bit. Of Wild Westy. Mm, yeah. On top of that, uh, Sun came out saying that Poloniex is ready to offer the hackers a 5% white hat bounty, which we've spoken about in the past on the show. Uh, the offer had a deadline of seven days to be accepted, which comes up this Friday. Uh, and then they're saying, basically, if you give it back by then, we won't engage with law enforcement. Uh, the, the founders also said that the losses are manageable within the limits of Poloniex as well, so they can cover they can cover this. I think it's worth mentioning that many exchanges now have insurance funds that they've developed themselves. For example, a certain percentage of all the fees that they generate go to a, a side insurance fund. Binance has one. Um, you know, I've, I've seen many others, uh, and it's basically for these situations so mm. yeah great great to see them um covering off uh, on their losses okay well i think we'll leave it there for that story it's time folks for our mover and shaker of the week 
We haven't done one of these for a little while, but everyone loves a crypto pump, and hopefully we'll see a few more of these. So each week or two, we'll bring you a cryptocurrency token or project that's gaining attention and popularity in the market, and we'll share with you the reasons why this is on the rise and what utility and value it may hold. This week, Craig's got us one to have a look at. What have you What have you got here? Yeah, so Tracy, this isn't one that's pumped. It's actually taken a bit of a hit recently. Oh, okay, so it's a dump. It's it's a dumper. It's down <laughs> 9% just today. But um, this is a new interesting area of crypto that I have delved into recently, Tracy. Mm-hmm. So it's called Unibot. It's essentially a Telegram trading bot. So it allows you to literally send Ethereum to a Telegram chat and you can buy tokens, you can create rules on buys and sells, you can create trading strategies just by talking to a Telegram chat bot. Now, this is really, I thought this was really interesting because, you know, back in the day, even last week, we covered Binance Smart Chain with all these new micro caps that some DGENs love to get involved with. And I thought it was very interesting that Unibot and the Telegram bot sort of sector is really taking off recently because it gives people a way to trade in and out without going on your laptop MetaMask, but by doing it by literally engaging with a Telegram bot. Now, it hasn't come without its issues. Unibot actually had a hack two weeks ago where the price dumped quite quickly then the team announced that they were reimbursing everyone and they did reimburse everyone the price recovered again i think it's interesting because i can see this being a a consumer facing app that will get people on board and the interesting part about it is which i'll leave you with guys is that you can buy the unibot token and you actually get a share of the fees so you get 40 percent of the platform revenue fees and all of the analytics behind the platform is going up. We'll put a link in the show notes. I onboarded to it the other day. It works. I put in, I think, 0.1F, made a few trades. It works, works fine. And thought I'd put that on your radar, team. What do you think? What do you think, Blank? Sounds pretty cool. Of course, you know, there's Ton, which is going to be the native mm. blockchain to Telegram. I, about. I think they're mm. developing that ecosystem well. And, um, you know, I have some vague recollections of buying uh, crypto off Telegram like many, many years ago, like 20- Remember they had the Slack bot back mm. in 2017? Yeah, they they had they had Slack bots, they had Telegram bots where you could deposit your crypto into this bot and then it would send you crypto back. Mm-hmm. It was pretty mm-hmm. scary, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. And <laughs> you don't know if you just you, you know you don't want to put too much in because you might lose it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know if they're professionalizing that process, I think that there of course is a use case, um, and particularly for like peer to peer payments. Um, I think on natively via messaging, um, that's a massive area. If people can do it in a decentralized way instead of you know, relying upon, you know, the infrastructure of Telegram themselves, I think that there's a big value proposition. Yeah. And that's a good point that you just made, Blake. The Ton ecosystem, I think we covered this a few months ago. They've had something like 50 million active users 
every day or something insane. I thought it was like 500 or 700 million. Yeah, maybe it's more. It's Yeah, but they, they really – they have people write them. Like I said, I had one. I've got the Tom Wallet, but I think that they could have been more engaged with us and sent us some details and – showed us how to set it up or airdrop. I don't know. I just think they could have been a little bit more. In- Maybe they haven't done a hard launch yet. Yeah, yeah. potentially. Yeah, I think there's a, yeah. lot of, um, a lot of potential there for that one. Regardless, I think the Telegram ecosystem is something that is very, very interesting to me. And it is, it is rather crypto-centric as well. So It's only 55 mm, okay. million active daily users, so you're right, Craig. Yeah. Oh, is that it? <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's put some details in the show notes for anyone that do want to check out a little bit more about Unibot. Thanks for bringing that to our attention, Craig. With that, we'll take a break, and when we come back, a short, sharp news bite. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast with Tracy, Blake and Craig today. And we're going to jump into our short, sharp news bites of the last seven days. I will kick off with some SEC news. There's always something from these guys. This story is from last Friday and the SEC has reportedly restarted discussions with Grayscale Investments regarding its proposed conversion of its flagship fund into a spot Bitcoin ETF. This follows a court ruling requesting the SEC to reconsider Grayscale's application, which is now being reviewed by the SEC's Division of Trading and Markets and the Division of Corporate Finance. So the outcome will potentially impact very similar applications by BackRock and Fidelity. Proof Group uh, is a firm that has successfully won the bid to acquire Celsius. Uh, just checked who they are. They're a group of crypto founders and venture capitalists who know the industry really well. Uh, and they're hoping to not only um, win the bid of Celsius, but also they're bidding to relaunch FTX. Uh, so mm. this is pretty exciting that yeah. um, you know this might see the light of day again. It's going to be restructured and you know, hopefully they continue to um, build that business, yeah. Another one for you guys, Roblox, which is a very popular game. We're talking about Roblox again. They're always in the news. They're hinting that NFTs will be coming at some point in the future. The CEO said that they see real value in creating NFTs that can be moved off platform. So we tend to talk about them quite a bit. So I'm keen to see what happens there. 
Going now across the pond to our geezer mates, the UK Financial Conduct Authority has continued to work on regulations for fiat-backed stablecoins, including those issued outside of the UK. In a recent paper, the FCA highlighted the potential for stablecoins for efficient payments, but also noted previous crypto custody failures such as Celsius and FTX. The regulator proposed requirements for issuing fiat-backed stablecoins and custody activities. The FCA also suggested that issuers should guarantee specific redemption timeframes for users. So that's stablecoins in the UK moving along. Circle, the world's largest stablecoin issuer, is considering an IPO in early 2024 uh, amongst improving market conditions. This comes at the heels of crypto exchange Coinbase acquiring a stake in Circle. Uh, So Circle um, has a market cap of about 24.3 24.3 billion for the USDC coin. Mm. Uh, so I don't know what they're going to list for, but I remember when uh, Coinbase listed for their IPO, uh, it was right in the middle of the bull market and they um, were, you know, it was the multiple on the revenue was outrageous. Uh, and I think key team members, like their head of finance, sold a bunch of their stock at that point in time. They will recover, but you know, I think it's a it's a great thing to see a company like this go public and take advantage of the public markets. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, just to finish this off, Kraken is getting involved in the Layer Two space. It's being leaked that they're hiring for a senior cryptography engineer who would oversee the Layer Two solutions of the exchange. Um, they might have seen how well Base is doing for their rival Coinbase, and that is a very, very big rivalry, Kraken and Coinbase over there in North America. So the company's yet to confirm whether it's actively working on it or not, but would not be surprised. Yeah. Actually, there's one more story here that I just wanted to cover that I saw throughout the week about dynamic NFTs. Craig, we've seen NFTs that are quite static in their use case. Once they're minted, you know, not much about them changes except know who, who the owner is but a dynamic nft can receive data and an example of this um, of how this could work is you know having an nft associated with your car so every time that you get a service or if there's a crash or every time you fill up or how many k's you do that it goes into the nft and it's a mutable source of the record of this car now this is going to you know, those that maintain an NFT with this data could certainly argue to sell their their cars secondhand at a premium um, because there's a you know, immutable source of um, that that data, uh, and then eventually I could see a world where you know the holding of that NFT is actually holding the title of the car. So instead of having a registration, um, you just have you know your ID in your in your personal crypto wallet. Um, which declares, you know, ownership. Um, so I think this is a really exciting use case for NFTs, and I think it has real-world application. And I can't wait to see the innovation that happens in this dynamic NFT space that can go far beyond automobiles. Just another story showing that NFTs aren't dead, and <laughs> still a long way to go. All right, there we go, folks. That is the end of the show. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, if you're interested in crypto, please check out the Bamboo app for $10 of free Bitcoin. Use the code CURIOUS. And please like and subscribe wherever you're listening to us right now. If there's anything you'd like to add, you can get to us on podcast at getbamboo.io. Thanks for joining us and we'll be back next week. Bye for now. See you guys. Bye. 
You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have physicians in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.